Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. Joining me today, friends of the pod, Ryan Utech, Jimmy Manzullo, and new friend, after the end of this episode, currently acquaintance, Michael Basil, from our friends at SAP Field Glass. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for having us. Thanks so this is the next journey series and we're going to talk to the three of them about what their journey is so if you've already heard the first four six episodes you know what this is if you haven't go back to episode 75 and then skip ahead to like episode 78 so jimmy tell me your path how did i start yes yes uh well boy it was it's been about four years ago or so five years now um I don't mind throwing out shout outs to folks who, who helped me start. I was in a room and was talking to Michael Ward and David Stem um, uh, about a project they were doing on the, on the um, development side of defense of field glass. And they used this word scrum like six times in, in like five minutes. And I was like, what the heck is scrum? And ultimately uh, that led me down a path to where I picked up this essential scrum book. Um, once yep. I found out it was about process to a certain degree, I had to find out what it was. And I went to my um, boss, Dan Dykus at the time and said, uh, hey, you know, um, would you mind me trying to run this project um, in, a, in this thing called Scrum? And thank God it was Dan and not anybody else because he's very open-minded. And he's like, dude, go for it. Just, you know, sync up with me uh, through the project and at the end and we'll see how it goes. And it went brilliantly and he was hooked. So I want to just do a shout out to Essential Scrum, which is the book, because for those of those who are listening, when you say this book, oh yeah, yeah. may not necessarily Essential know. Scrum. It's, it's totally cool. Right on. Yeah. All right. So Ryan, let's hear it. I started a few years uh, before I came to SAP. I actually became and took on the developer role first. Uh, we were building Flash animations and interactive materials in Adobe Flash, you know, the forbidden uh, web programming language now, <laughs> and it's now forgotten and probably going to be longer as we go. So with, with learning Flash, um, the revolution was upon us of HTML5, so we needed to move and pivot. So our, my entire company, we built e-learning materials, moved and built its own LMS from scratch. And the ability to do that, we took on the process of Scrum to do it. We had a Scrum master teach us, and that's the way we worked. Uh, we were expected to work in that model. So that was how I learned how to do it and why it became really good and easy for me, because that's how I worked and lived for years before coming to SAP. So that's right kind of my start of it. Okay. Mr. Basil. Um, yeah, the year was 2000. Uh, so coming out of school, uh, coming into a startup uh, in Chicago, and uh, the project lead had been through numerous um, uh, waterfall projects, uh, different consulting companies, and, and uh, I didn't know really what we were doing uh, until I reflected on it later. Uh, we talked more about uh, principles and practices, but um, we were running... Um, scrum guide uh, style scrum and uh, with the heavy emphasis on uh, during the sprints, extreme programming was, was a core focus. So I, yeah, I, it was, I was raised in this. Um, it was different than my experiences. Um, you know, when I worked, when I was in school and, and how projects were approached, it just felt like a very social 
type environment. So I, I assumed the whole world was in corporate worlds worked exactly like this because that was sure. my first experience. So everybody's doing it then, right? Right. So let's, let's continue that a little bit more. What was helpful for you when you got started? Although for you, it sounded like it was just like, hey, this is what we do and this is what we always do. Yeah, I, I think the, uh, the communication was, was something we, we focused on and the, the pair programming. And, and mm-hmm. I, my experience was that paid a lot in, in quality output. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, the, the mentor, the, the project lead is also, is also a mentor of mine, um, is heavily influenced by lean thinking and, and um, driving towards value. So I, I think for me, that's been a, a grounding point. And as I look forward in, into my experiences past that, and, and then coming into SAP, there's, there's elements of, of certain principles and a core focus being on group communication and uh, group work as being higher in, higher in priority than, than personal uh, work. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a, a mindset shift, I, I think, coming out of school um, in my early experiences and, and one that I've um, continued to refine and, and, and make sure is, is prevalent in any uh, group I'm, I'm part of. See, and I think that's good in that you actually bring up the fact that it wasn't just Scrum, because a lot of people think Agile equals Scrum. So I always want to have my call out when somebody says, yeah, this isn't the way that I did it. So awesome yeah we, we we there's a heavy emphasis on um you know this is our daily stand-up so it was yep. the behaviors we always worked on the behaviors and and um never really talked about the the rhetoric or the kool-aid you know it was always framed in a in a way into practices you know principles practices and and, and aligned into to value and understanding like that helped me understand a larger system around me and systems around me and mm-hmm. and have uh, learned to be empathetic to what the salespeople were going through. We had them actively involved. The PO is actively involved. Um, it's something, uh, it's a North Star castle in the air in, in my head on, mm-hmm. on what well-run Scrum looks like. Um, so, yeah. Okay, Jimmy. Definitely the support of my leadership, both, um, both of them um, helped me along that path. And really having the availability uh, luck, luck, luck be it, uh, having Mr. Utex show up right at the end of that project that I mentioned, uh, I was looking for affirmation as to, is this the right, am I using this the right way? Like I literally only had this book that I was perusing through and cherry picking things out and playing with mm-hmm. it. I, I didn't know anything about go see or, 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 you know, any of the, the principles of practices or values associated with scrum or agile. Um, so certainly having a counterpart there and, and working closely with me and guiding me uh, was a huge, uh, a huge step. I mean, it accelerated my, my journey in Agile tenfold um, because now I had a, a cohort, right? I had somebody I could go and get in trouble with and mischief with and right. have a good time with, um, with Agile. So um, yeah, I mean that and, and really just, again, understand taking time to understand the, um, the underpinned, like, like Michael was saying, the underpinned, um, you know, the current of values, principles, and practices that underpin uh, Scrum specifically, and even under, underpin Agile to a certain degree when you really sure. dig down into the roots of Lean. Understanding Lean uh, really, really did help me as well. 
Ryan? I'm going to give a shout out to my first scrum master, Jason Ziolo. Uh, he walked us through all of this uh, to really teach us some of these things. Originally, I remember bringing up the uh, scrum.org manifesto mm-hmm. on, the, on the projector at the time uh, in the office as we all made our journey in this president and Salesforce and management and all the animators and developers around the same table looking at this and saying, this is the way we're going to operate going forward, right? We're going to use this process of Scrum to learn how we're going to need to do things going forward, right? I was a basic web certificate is all I had. And I had to go learn how to build an LMS from scratch, API system and all running in the cloud on Kubernetes. I didn't know to lick of what of any of that was. So uh, our first sprint was, okay, watch a tutorial on Angular, figure out how it, understand how it works and operates. And the next sprint, we started building the login page. So it, it just became learn as you go. You didn't need to know everything up front, learn just enough to be effective and to continue iterating as we go. And we can always iterate on the product that we start off with a solid base. So it was great. Well, that's interesting. It, I think that there are some teams that fail for perfection, meaning that they want it to be so right. They want it to be so perfect. They want it to be so what it needs, what it should be and should in air quotes. Whereas if they just go do the thing and in the next sprint, just try to get a little better. So Mm -hmm. let's go to Ryan with the, if you today was going to talk to you about that first sprint where you're, you know, learning Angular and you're figuring out Kubernetes and all of that fun stuff. What would now you tell then you? It's not me, it's we. Just be agile. It's going to it's going to hurt myself when I hear this the first time just just be agile because that's what my scrum master used to always tell us like but they're interrupting the process, they're interrupting scrum, right? They're throwing stuff into the sprint while it's active. It's like that's epitome right it's like and he just turn around and be like ryan be agile it's okay right it would piss me off so much because i didn't get it right at the time i'm just like but that's not agile is interrupting the process is not agile and then i realized yes it is because we're being reflective we're reflecting to what we know now so there was some learning there and the we and me aspect is definitely one too what i do here is not my work it's our work it's our teamwork i if in case something good or bad happens tomorrow the rest of the team can take it where i left off and understanding that it be would have been something to help get through some of those rough conversations early on it's like but she did that or he did this and it's like brian it's not i or me it's we we broke this it's like but i didn't do it (laughs) basil first of all if you tried to tell me something now or tell me something in the past it won't land um so it uh, that would have to be a conversation um and i think the conversation would be about trying to draw out why people peripheral to the development team seem to have so much trouble with this and Mm -hmm. you know maybe what they're experiencing and and being patient with that and you know that might be the best they can do right now based on how they've been programmed for 20 years Um, and so to to be empathetic to people needing to be kind of patient and and um, uh, maybe uh, how to communicate uh, you know what what we're all experiencing in a a, you know to model better for for people that are having um, trouble and and so the conversation would would then go into you know the purpose of uh, and the intent of of 
what psychological safety is, like how that, and I would, I would layer it back into my experiences uh, with sports growing up and, and, you know, to compare contrast, like successful teams I was a part of and, and ones that were, were not meeting where uh, our potential or near it and, and try to figure out like how that applies, like pulling, you know, things, you know, from the past to relate, to make it more um, tangible and actionable about, about how to, how to, you know, help more on the edges and, and uh, the, the key things past just, you know, just the code output. Jimmy, now, now you to former you. Yeah, they, they brought up some great points. I want to steal some of them. I, I, I would say if I could go back and if specifically myself, I would say to embrace the existential crisis that you're about to embark on through this journey of agile, I guess. I mean, for real, it was an interesting, like asking people to look at values, principles and practices and extrapolating what it means to them and and working through some of these difficult conversations and asking so much from the team members, I, I, I would recommend like do it yourself before you, you, you ask others to go through it, which I'm doing, right? I would have prepared a little bit better um, by discovering myself, if you will, before I ask others to discover themselves. And really the, the patience portion of it that Michael brought up is like from an unpatient person myself, I, I just need to be okay with, with being patient and failing fast and failing often and not being too embarrassed when people catch me fail. It's all part of it. Again, if I'm going to ask them to be this way, team members, I have to be able to accept that too. So yeah, that's, that's really what I would tell myself, be patient and it's going to, you're going to change. It it did literally change who I am going through this journey over the last four or five years and not to throw a shout out, but really it's all part of the journey we built in the dojo with, with the different disciplines around what we're talking about too. And that's a perfect place for us to end this iteration. We'll catch the next couple of questions in tomorrow's episode. Until the next iteration, I'm Brent. I'm Jim. And I'm Ryan. And Michael. Until the next iteration, you can give us a five-star rating at your podcast provider. Reach out to us at info at fasterthanstandup.com or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.